This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 7th of July. In your squiz today, the RoboDebt Royal Commission wraps it up, Australia's rental crisis worsens, the third Ashes test kicks off, and it's World Chocolate Day. This is your squiz today. It's a big day for public administration nerds, Claire. The findings of the RoboDebt Royal Commission will be handed to the Governor-General, David Hurley, at 11am Eastern Time. It's probably got a few people on edge. The findings have been described by some as the most consequential report into top-tier government in a generation. We're likely to find out who was responsible for the debt recovery scheme, and there's a number of senior coalition politicians and bureaucrats who are under the microscope. Yeah, so the Royal Commission's been overseen by Queensland's former Chief Justice, Catherine Holmes. Uh, Today's report is the culmination of a lot of hearings and a lot of documents. Mm. One million tendered documents went before the Royal Commission, hundreds of hours of evidence, and there were nine weeks of public hearings. And just to refresh the minds of listeners, uh, RoboDebt was the automated debt recovery scheme that was rolled out between 2015 and 2019 by the former coalition government. It targeted around 380,000 welfare recipients. They were issued debt notices for Centrelink overpayments, many incorrectly. And Claire, the government later admitted their method of income averaging for those debt notices was unlawful. But while the robo-debt scheme was in operation, it recovered about $750 million from welfare recipients and it was linked to several cases of suicide. Yeah, there was a class action that was mounted. The Morrison government made a $1.8 billion settlement with those who joined that action in 2019. Mm. And Alice, there's quite a bit of speculation then, as you can imagine, about the consequences for those who were involved in the administration of the scheme. Mm -hmm. Uh, Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison is one name on that list. He used to be a social services minister, uh, as well as Maurice Payne, a former foreign minister. Uh, The guy who's mainly, though, under scrutiny is former Government Services Minister Stuart Robert. He gave evidence to the Royal Commission. Uh, He said that he publicly supported the scheme despite knowing it was unlawful. But in March, he said that he also takes responsibility for being the minister to call it out, to say, we've got to get advice and stop it. That's his quote. Reports say we might not get the full picture today because the report has a sealed section. It's got sensitive information to be kept private to protect any future civil action and criminal prosecution. All will be revealed this morning. And if this has raised any issues for you, there's a link to support services in the episode notes today. 
The national rental crisis doesn't look like it will be easing anytime soon, Claire. There's new data out from the real estate group Domain, which shows the price of rent across the country jumped by 2.5% in the three months leading up to June. It's still going up. Mm -hmm. Uh, That data found that median rents hit record highs across all the capital cities except for Canberra, Hobart and Darwin. Sydney is still leading the pack when it comes to rent increases. It recorded a 6.1% jump in that median rental price. It's taken Sydney to a $700 a week average. Uh, It means that Sydney has also overtaken Canberra as the most expensive place to rent in the country. Um, When it comes to the sort of rentals, houses are up significantly. They rose by 11.5% over the previous year. Mm -hmm. When it comes to apartments and units, they've really gone up uh, by 26.1% over the past year. Yeah, and Claire, Domains attributed that growth in those rental prices to an increase in demand that hasn't kept up with supply. And that's not likely to ease anytime soon. Australia is set to see record immigration this financial year, and that's expected to add to the rental pressure around the country. Claire, the once neutral Sweden is pushing to finally join the military alliance known as NATO. They've been trying to get in ever since Russia's invasion of Ukraine began, but they haven't had any success because Turkey's had some objections. So Turkey's president is Recep Tayyip Erdogan. He says that Sweden's not doing enough to crack down on Kurdish opposition groups in Sweden. Mm. So he's using his power of veto in NATO to stop Sweden from joining. He's been trying to apply that political pressure. Um, Sweden does, though, have a lot of supporters in including US President Joe Biden. He's trying to persuade Erdogan to change his mind. Um, He told the Swedish Prime Minister, Ulk Christensen, uh, that he's anxiously looking forward to Sweden joining NATO. Western nations are also keen for Sweden to join Claire. That's because it would help to expand NATO's presence in the Baltic Sea and the Arctic Circle. And that's especially helpful when it comes to keeping Russia in check. Sweden will probably get an answer sometime next week when the NATO member countries meet in Lithuania. The third Ashes test batted off at Headingley in Leeds last night, Claire, and as expected, the home crowd got a bit heated. Yeah, to say that the Aussies and the Brits don't have the best sort of relationship (laughs) at the moment (laughs) is probably a bit of an understatement. And look, if you've been living under a rock for the last week or so, just to restate why that's the case, uh, (laughs) in the final day of the second test, uh, English batter Johnny Barstow was controversially dismissed by the Aussies. Uh, It led to a lot of Mm argy-bargy between Australia and the Brits, not just the players but also the crowd. Uh, Prime ministers have been involved. It's been a whole (laughs) thing this week. Uh, It's actually led to precautions being taken for the Aussies when it comes to this match. There's extra security for the families of the team, uh, also for the Aussie TV commentators. The Aussies are leading the series 2-0, so a win at Headingley would seal the deal. And Claire, there's a lot of sport coming up over this next week. We've got the men's and women's Ashes, Wimbledon and the Tour de France. So if you're pulling an all-nighter and you're feeling a bit peckish, we've got a good list of some late-night snack ideas. I'll (laughs) pop the link to it in the episode notes today. There's a lot of sport. (laughs) 
Speaking of late night snacks, Claire, it's World Chocolate Day. It is World Chocolate Day, which has to be up there with the best days of the year, surely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for Friday Lights this week, diving straight into, of course, the queen of comfort, Nigella Lawson. Uh, she has some fabulous chocolate recipes. The one that I'm thinking about now that we've all been reminded that it's World Chocolate Day is her totally chocolate chocolate chip cookies and they're delicious. She has this genius idea where you only cook half of them, which is six cookies. Mm. You put the other six on a tray in the freezer. When they're frozen, you put them into a snap lock bag and then you drag them out whenever you're ready for another choc chip cookie hit. (laughs) Good idea. Um, That's a bit of a tongue twister cookie title as well, Claire. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) I'll make sure the link to that is in the episode notes today. And that's enough for us. But Claire, you and Kate will be making sense of another big week in news on the Saturday Squiz podcast. Well, we'll certainly be trying to. There's a lot (laughs) to get across again. Uh, We really enjoy Saturday Squiz. So if you enjoy what we do here, head on over there. It's out tomorrow morning. And just quickly, if the Squiz today is helpful to you, please tell your friends about us or leave us a review on Apple or five stars on Spotify. We had a couple of really lovely reviews left for us earlier this week, Claire. We did. They were great. So thank you so much to those squizzers who have taken the time to do that. It really helps us to grow. And that's us done. Have a great Friday and we'll be back with you on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.